You're listening to The Fit Habit, where we explore how to stay well and fit well after 40. My name is Karen McGill. I'm the host of the show. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. Welcome to 2020. It is good to be back with you. It's good to be back into my routine. I don't know about you guys, but it was really funky the way the holidays were this year. It just felt like every day was Saturday. <laughs> for like two straight weeks, which is fine for like the first four days. And then it's like, who am I? I'm full of cheese and wine and I don't even know my middle name anymore. So anyway, suffice to say it is now like quite literally a Saturday and I'm recording this. Um, And I'm really excited to be back in my routine because when I'm in my routine, I am usually much better at self-care. I'm sure that you've probably noticed that about yourself too. So we're back. Uh, it's January. It is Weight Loss Awareness Month. It is the top of the New Year's resolutions. Uh, and everybody is on that bandwagon. So um, rather than me starting the year with a new year, new you spiel, which is what I did last year, uh, this year I want to come to you with very tactical ways for you to uh, focus on losing weight this month, this month and the whole year. I mean, there's nothing special about January, but it is January. So let's start there. So these are seven things that may sound a little Captain Obvious up top, but uh, I'm going to break them down into some Uh, tactical steps and also the why behind these reasons uh, that you may not have been aware of before. And I find that something that has always seemed so simple and obvious that I've sort of dismissed it in the past, that once I understand either the science or the rationale behind something, I can look at it again and really understand why it's so important to include in my daily habits and I find it much easier to prioritize them. So that's that's what I'm going to go through today. At the end of my seven uh, points that I talk about, I will um, give you a little bit of a, um, a description of what I'm up to this month and how you can work with me if you're interested in getting some coaching and support um, and some of the other cool stuff that's going on in 2020. So let's start with number one. Um, and this is one of uh, the more important ones, but it's not the most important. I'll call out the most important. Uh, eat more protein at breakfast. So what does that look like? It looks like eating things like eggs and yogurt and protein powder and bacon, uh, egg whites, um, sausage. Uh, now, when I say bacon and sausage, certainly it was a caveat. Try to get organic. Try to get something that doesn't have nitrates and t- try to have something that is, you know, made with quality stuff, not a bunch of crap filler, um, because you can certainly end up in that in that area if you're eating Jimmy Dean sausage. But there are some quality meats that you can get out there. So, or anything that you want to have first thing in the morning. Um, it doesn't have to be breakfast food. But what you want to stay away from is anything that's going to uh, translate into sugar in the body. So those are obvious things like sugary drinks, like orange juice, and, you know, a lot of fruit, especially a lot of tropical fruit, but also things like toast, um, cereals. Oh my gosh, cereals are full of sugar and, um, you know, muffins and croissants and all of the things that in Western culture, we have a tendency to crave first thing in the morning. Um, those things spike insulin and uh, they can lead to insulin resistance, which leads to weight gain. Uh, it can also uh, make you diabetic. So we really want to stay away from those baked goods first thing in the morning. Sorry if you are a toast person. I was for about 40 years. And then I realized <laughs> that when I eliminated the toast in the morning that my uh, the fat around my waist 
uh, whittled away. And that was because I was very insulin resistant. So um, although I'm not keto and I'm not super low carb, I do mind my carbs. I'm very smart about the carbs that I have and when I have them. Uh, and I do not have them in the morning. And if I do have them in the morning, let's say I'm on vacation or I just, you know, have those mornings where it's like, I want to have a carb. I generally get hungry again shortly thereafter because carbs are very easily digested um, and they turn into sugar in the body very quickly. Proteins, on the other hand, are what's called highly thermogenic. That means that they're really um, slow to digest in your body. Proteins and fats, by the way. So not just proteins, but ideally, if you really want to be like strategic with your choice of foods in the morning, I recommend 30 grams of carbs. I mean, sorry, pardon me, I didn't mean carbs. 30 grams of protein um, when you when you have your breakfast. And I should caveat that, caveat that by saying, if you don't eat breakfast, that's fine too. Like, I mean, we all eat breakfast at some point because breakfast is your first meal of the day. The thing is, breakfast doesn't have to be in the morning. You may have breakfast at noon. You may have breakfast at 5 p.m. depending on what your... The, the way you structure your diet, when you get hungry, that's all fine. I'm just talking about breakfast being the first meal of the day. So it doesn't even have to be breakfast food, uh, but make sure it's got at least 30 grams of protein. And um, I'll talk about how we know whether or not we've got 30 grams or not in a, in a point coming up soon. <laughs> so my next point is eat more veggies throughout the day and drink more water. Now this sounds really obvious. I know that, but I want you to revisit the idea and ask yourself, are you eating a lot of vegetables? Are you getting at least five to seven servings a day at a minimum? Serving being like um, if you put your, your hand into a fist, um, that would be a serving of vegetables. So about approximately one cup. Um, are you getting five to seven cups of vegetables at least per day? Probably not. Most of us don't. And the reasons for that is that vegetables are not really our first go-to um, choice of food. Uh, they generally have to be prepared, which is annoying and an extra step. And we, you know, we're not usually planning for that. And um, they're not really all that convenient outside of the home as well. So we really have to make a conscious choice to get more veggies in, in our diets. And here's a few ways that I would recommend doing that. First of all, I would challenge you to get vegetables in each of your meals. So in the morning, that can look like maybe you're doing like little egg bites or you're preparing little egg muffins or something in advance of your, because everything's about meal planning, right? So I have a couple of recipes on my website for egg, uh, egg muffins. Just go into the search bar and search for egg muffins. And they have veggies in them and egg whites or veggies and eggs. Um, but if you have something like that, that's grab and go, that's full of protein and vegetables, then you're already winning the day. Um, usually every morning I'll have some, uh, I'll have like two fried eggs and a couple of like a little bit of egg white as well. Cause I want the extra protein. And in my pan, I'll also put some mushrooms that I buy pre-sliced and pre-washed. So I don't even need to worry about doing that. I just throw them in the pan as well. They cook up really quickly and a little bit of spinach. You could make an omelet. I don't like mixing my vegetables with my eggs all that much unless it's in a muffin format. I don't like omelets, uh, but you do you and uh, try and get some veggies in. The other thing that I would recommend doing if you're eating traditional um, like breakfast food, like maybe you're having eggs and bacon, throw that on a bed of lettuce. I mean, there's no reason why you cannot have salad at breakfast. There is no reason. In fact, it would be really good for you. Or maybe you're putting like two handfuls, like big handfuls of raw spinach 
in a smoothie first thing in the morning. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but uh, trust me on this. You cannot taste spinach in a smoothie. And I will give you $100 if um, you find that you can taste it. But if you blend it up really well, you no longer see it, you no longer taste it, and it actually gives your smoothie a great texture. So those are some great ideas for breakfast. For lunch, I recommend a salad every day. The other thing, especially now that it's winter, I recommend that you make soups. Soups are great for getting veggie consumption in. They're also great because you're getting soup base. And you know what soup base is? Bone broth. Bone broth is a fancy, expensive terminology for soup base. And bone broth, as we know, uh, provides a lot of collagen to the body, which is great for your skin, your nails, and your hair. Uh, It's going to make you look younger. It's going to contribute to better gut health. Better gut health contributes to more effective fat loss. It also contributes to more effective brain health. Like we're finding so much research now around how the gut and brain connection uh, is really vital to our longevity and not just living a long time, but living like a, you know, like a functioning adult for a long time, because you don't want to live to your 90 or hundred if you're bedridden and you can't even remember your name because you're suffering from um, Alzheimer's or some disease related to that. You want to be fully functional and fully enjoying life for as long as you can. And that gut uh, health is going to be a huge portion of that. So soups. And also I just read a really interesting study that said blended soups. So soups that are, they called it smooth, uh, but essentially just, you know, getting your hand blender into your soup, your big pot of soup that you've created and mix that sucker up and um, it's going to add bulk to your stomach and make you full, feel full longer. So, I mean, there's there's no downside, guys, to eating a lot of vegetable soups, vegetable-based soups. And it doesn't have to be boring. I have great recipes on my website. Go to thefithabit.com. And, sur- and if you'll see the recipe index, you'll just drop down to soups and stews. Tons of recipes, and they're all fat loss friendly, and they're um, they're so easy to make. And making bone broth or your soup base, quote unquote, is so easy to do as well. You get a rotisserie chicken from the uh, the grocery store that's already cooked, and you take all the chicken off and you eat that, and then you take the carcass and you dump it in a big pot of water, like cover the the carcass with water, like up over the carcass, and you um, like bring it to a boil and let it simmer for at least an hour. And you can do this in an instant pot or a slow cooker or a regular pot. But let that simmer for at least an hour to two hours, even longer if you want, until all of the goodness comes out of those bones, all the collagen. And then you scoop the bones out with a ladle. And then you're left with this this health fortifying water that you can then Add a couple of tablespoons of lemon juice and um, apple cider vinegar and some salt and some pepper uh, to taste, like whatever, you know, tastes good to you. And then you've got this bone broth that you can either just sip on the way it is or create a soup out of it. And guys, something like that is so super simple and yet is such an effective tactic for fat loss so effective. So I highly recommend that. And that's um, the soup portion is also going to help you with the water consumption as well. So I always recommend half of your body weight in ounces of water. So if you're 130 pounds, that's 70 ounces of water a day. So how do you know if you're drinking 70 ounces of water? Get yourself a nice fun water cup, whatever it is that, you know, works for you. Know exactly how many ounces are in that cup. So if you, I, I drink out of a mason jar and I believe they are I I want to say they're like 20 ounces, a 20 ounce mason jar. Um, I know that if I drink an entire mason jar of water, then I've just consumed 20 ounces and I need to multiply that by at least three to get to uh, 60 ounces 
is that right? I'm about 130-ish pounds, so um, yeah, but I, I, I probably want to get to about 65 to 70 ounces. That's my minimum. I usually have a lot more than that. I usually has, have at least 100 ounces of water a day, but I get the, the base minimum is half of your body weight. And not only is that going to make you feel fuller longer, it's going to rinse toxins out of your body and make it a lot more effective for you to have better skin, clearer eyes, and I feel a lot more energetic. And it's also going to help with um, hunger and satiety. And speaking of that, I'm just going to take a quick water break right now and move on to point number three. And that is to sleep like a boss. Seriously, guys, sleep is your fat loss superpower. Not only does it control a lot of your fat loss hormones, leptin, adrenalin, that play an intricate role in telling your body, hey, I'm full, I don't need any more food right now, I'm good. And it also helps with craving control. When you don't get enough sleep, you crave carbs and like crackers and cookies and bread and all that sort of thing. And that's just your hormones. Your hormones are not working properly when you are underslept. But when you're properly slept, that's not, a, that's not proper grammar. When you've had adequate sleep, I apologize. Um, not only are your hunger cues in uh, alignment with, you know, the way your body wants you to feel them, you're not necessarily craving the worst of the worst food. And not to mention the fact that you're not a cranky, you know, person. Uh, and you're probably thinking a lot better and producing a lot better results in your life and showing up as your best self when you're well slept. So uh, if you have trouble sleeping, I recommend experimenting with melatonin, which is a natural supplement. Um, Also, magnesium is also great. So whether you bathe in it, put it on your body or orally ingest it with um, as a uh, supplement, I do all of the above magnesium does a great deal for great sleeps for me. I slept nine hours last night and that's because I had half a melatonin pill. I don't recommend any more than three milligrams. Um, And if you have a five milligram pill, cut it in half. You can even cut in half a three milligram pill. Assuming more is more with uh, melatonin is wrong. Less is more with melatonin. Um, and you will sleep well. I slept like nine hours last night. I feel like a million bucks today. So anyway, um, not only is sleep great for hormonal health and um, just general health and and you know brain health, uh, but it also keeps you out of the kitchen longer. You know, one of the other points I'll talk about is fasting, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the more you're sleeping, the less you're eating, um, and you're staying out of trouble in the kitchen. So highly recommend sleep you know, shut down your kitchen right after dinner and do whatever it is you do after uh, after dinner before you go to bed. But then try to get to bed as soon as you can because um, most of us snack at night if we're not, if we're not in bed. So uh, I could go on about sleep, but I won't. Oh, by the way, remember I told you I had flagged the number one important thing that you could do for fat loss? Sleep is it. Ding, ding, ding. The next one is intermittent fasting, which I kind of brought up. So intermittent fasting is basically reducing your eating window. And I I have another podcast on this. So just search in in my history and you'll find it. Uh, But essentially you would eat, it's recommended to eat sort of in an eight hour window. And basically all that means is you're either skipping dinner or you're skipping breakfast and you're just, you know, condensing your eating time period. I like to do um, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at night. Uh, so I have my, I finished my dinner. Well, actually, technically, I'm usually not finishing it till about 7.30. And uh, I start my breakfast at around 11 a.m. So I have an eight and a half hour window. So I eat the same amount of food that I, I would if I weren't fasting in the day, 
I'm just eating it in a smaller period of time. And then once my dinner is over, that's it. There's no more consuming. Um, And then I go to bed and I have a great night's sleep and I wake up in the morning and I work out fasted. I'll tell you, that's another great trick for fat loss. There is research that shows that your body is more efficient at burning stored fat if you are doing your uh, workouts fasted. So predominantly cardio is great to do fasted, but you can also do weightlifting fasted. You also um, generate a lot more human growth hormone when you're in a fasted state and you work out in a fasted state. And that human growth hormone is great for um, muscle repair and building and um, fat loss. So there's just no downside to fasting either in the morning at night. And we're also starting to see a lot more research around um, fat loss, sorry, uh, like longevity uh, and um, better brain clarity. Again, all of these things are connected, by the way. All of the things I'm telling you to do is not just for aesthetic reasons. It's not just to great in your skinny jeans, although that's that's important. And we all want to look our best and we all want to feel our best. But we also all want to have a great quality of life. And really, that's about longevity. It's about great brain health and gut health and overall vitality. And all of the things that I'm telling you right now are going to lead to that. So you may not be able to get to them all in January. But if you can make a plan to start, you know, optimizing and prioritizing the things I'm telling you about today, and I'll summarize them at the end of the list. Um, you will go a long way this year in terms of losing fat. Uh, the next thing is to reduce your carbs, especially if you're over 40 and you're not like a professional athlete. Carbs are not the devil. They're not evil. I mean, vegetables are carbs and vegetables are really good for you. Really what I'm saying here is cut out the flour-based foods and even the grain-based foods. I mean, bread and, you know, sweets, crackers, cookies, all of those things that we all love so much, they're not doing you any good. They are, food is either, you know, giving you, is either benefiting you or it's taking away from your health. And all of the foods that I just mentioned are taking away from your health. So there's no good thing about them. So if you're somebody who feels like you can't live without cookies, bread, crackers, then I really encourage you to experiment with making your own and making your own, but experimenting with things like protein powder. On my website, thefithabit.com, I have a whole article on how to use protein powder in baking. And I'm not just telling you that because protein is um, good for fat loss, but I'm also telling you that because um, protein is, like protein powders, can be very health fortifying um, and a lot and provide a lot more nutritional benefit than straight up flour. And yet protein powder can be used as a flour. So you see what I'm saying here? You're taking out something that's not great for you and you're putting, swapping it out with something that is great for you. Yeah, the taste and the result is going to be a little bit different, but it's not going to be horrible. And you're still going to get that, you know, baked good fix. And you'll have learned a new skill, you know, like sneaking a little bit of flour and putting a little bit of protein in. It's good for you. If you have kids, especially growing boys, it's good for them too. It's good for everybody. So I highly recommend checking out that article. And I have a lot of recipes on my site for baked goods, like cookies and muffins and things like that, that are baked with um, protein powder, uh, coconut flour, almond flour, all of those things. So there's no downside there. Again, it's a health giving thing that will also help you lose fat. Now I'm going to take a little break, drink a little bit more water, and I'm going to come back with the last two and then um, a quick uh, summary and wrap up of next steps for you if you want to work with me in the new year. But um, 
Just give me two secs. I'll be right back. You guys, if you know me at all, you know that I'm a big fan of home workouts because I don't like sweaty, smelly men, I don't like crowds, and I just generally don't like gyms. But when I work out from home, I get the best bang for my cardio or strength buck. It's all done in my basement, and I can look like a sweaty mess and like a baby giraffe because I'm completely clumsy and nobody's looking at me. It's the best. Anyways, Beachbody On Demand is the world's premier at-home workout platform. It's kind of like the Netflix of workouts, if you will. It's $99 a year, which is less than 10 bucks a month, which is less than one yoga class, like not even 50% of one yoga class, and there's yoga on the platform. But the reason I love it is because of the diversity of workouts. So it's everything from yoga to strength training, cardio, cardio dance, um, functional training, all the things. Uh, all minimal equipment required, if at all, most of them don't require equipment, and all the workouts are generally under 30 minutes, which I love, and the instructors are bomb diddly. So the best part about Beachbody On Demand is that you can get a free trial for 30 days to check it out and see if you like it. So if you're interested in that, there's two ways you can check it out. You can go to my website, but you have to remember the URL, which is thefithabit.com forward slash Beachbody forward slash Beachbody On Demand, and I know you won't remember that, so I'm just going to drop the URL in the show notes. Go check it out, and um, if you sign up for 30 days and you keep the membership, you will also get a little gifty gift from me too. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it. I know You know that I've been using this platform for four years now, and it has been a lifesaver for me, and I think it will be for you too, especially if you're a busy woman like me. Anyway, thanks for listening, and on with the show. All right, I'm back and I've got two more uh, behaviors uh, or pointers, whatever you want to call them. They are actually behaviors uh, that I think are really, really critical for you this new year if you want to lose weight and um, especially here in January. So this number six is tracking calories and macros. Now, I hear a lot of mixed reviews on calorie tracking and food tracking, macro tracking. And if you don't know what macros are, macros are macronutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats. So you can just count your overall calories if you want, but if all you're eating are carbohydrates, then it doesn't matter if you're only eating 1,200 calories a day. You're probably starving and craving a lot more carbohydrates because carbs make you crave more carbs. Whereas if you were eating a balanced diet of like proteins, carbs, and fats with emphasis on proteins and fats, less so on carbs, and you were eating 1,800 calories a day, you're consuming more calories, but because the balance of macronutrients is more um, effective for your body, you're going to be uh, craving less food, you're not going to be as hungry, and you're probably going to lose more weight because you're going to maintain more muscle mass while you are losing body fat. So you're going to look much better um, when you've lost the weight than if you were just counting calories and eating um, not the right balance or ratio of food. Um, I'm going to sidebar here for a second and say, especially for women over 40, you know, there's a way to lose weight where you just drop a whole bunch of weight and you look gaunt and kind of like a spaghetti noodle and everything's sagging. And I don't think anybody wants to look like that. And not only that, but when you lose weight that way, where you're not being mindful of your muscle mass, because the, um, the best way to, to evaluate anybody's um, youth 
and longevity and, and age in biometrics is by how much muscle mass they have. So the more muscle you have, the younger you are. Always remember that. Um, but if you lose weight uh, just very drastically, you know, not eating the right balance of macronutrients, you will look like a spaghetti noodle. And worse yet, those are the folks that tend to gain it all back again because it's, it's not a very sustainable diet and um, you get really hungry. You will always be really hungry if you are only eating you know, carbs, carbs, and more carbs. However, if you are minding your macros, and I do have another podcast on macros, so if this is something you want to explore more, go back in the archive of my, my podcast and you'll find it, um, and you're focusing on car- healthy fats and proteins as well as some vegetables, you will lose weight and maintain muscle mass. Whatever muscle mass you have now, you will not lose. That is a great health marker. It's a great longevity marker. And you're going to look stronger and more fit and toned. You're not going to have the jiggly stuff going on. You're not going to look like a spaghetti noodle. You're not going to be saggy. You're going to be toned. You're going to be strong. You're going to look amazing. So um, you really want to be mindful of tracking macros. However, overall, the most important thing that take away of this point is to be mindful of what you're eating in general. I mean, we hear a lot about intuitive eating, you know, um, minding your macros, being low carb, being keto. How do you know if you're any of those things, if you have no idea what you're eating? Because how many of us, I mean, tell me, would you know offhand, like in a five seconds, would you be able to tell me what you had for lunch yesterday? Probably not. You'd have to think about it, right? Like we forget what we eat in a day. And then when we're mindlessly snacking, we have no idea how much we've consumed at the end of the day. And then we're surprised when we find that we can't fit in our pants anymore. When you're tracking your food, you're being mindful of every single morsel of food that's going in your mouth. So even if you're just writing down, it doesn't even matter what the calories are or the macros are. As long as you're starting with just write down everything that you eat in a day, if it passes your lips, it has to go down on a piece of paper or you're tracking it on an app. That will give you so much more awareness about the amount of food that you're actually consuming. And it will be great data for you to be able to say, well, I'm gaining weight now. So let's look back in my records and see what I'm eating. Or, well, I'm losing weight now. So something's working. Let's go back in my records and see, you know, why I'm doing things differently and why it's working now. It's data, folks. Like everything comes down to data. So track your food. Huge behavior. It's almost up there with sleep, but sleep is more important. The last thing I'm going to tell you is to exercise. And again, this comes down to losing weight in a way that's not going to make you look like a spaghetti noodle or a gaunt, you know, old person. When you lose weight, you want to look, you want to lose weight and look great at the same time. You also want to feel healthy and vibrant. There is so much research around the benefits, the health benefits of um, exercise, everything from obviously weight loss to um, better brain clarity. Um, They're saying that uh, exercise has been found to have very similar benefits to antidepressants, like low-level antidepressants. So while I'm not telling you to get off your antidepressants, work with your doctor, exercise might give you the same benefits as, as an antidepressant that you're taking now with zero side effect other than weight loss and looking better. How's that? Um, and exercise doesn't have to be difficult or complicated. Start with walking if that's what, uh, you know, floats your boat. Personally, I do home workouts. That's what works for me. And I'm able to do it every single day. And I feel like a million bucks. I'm going to be 50 in less than six months. And I have never looked better. And it's all because I do home workouts. And I do all the other things that I shared with you today. 
but my fitness regime is home workouts. It is low stress. It is low maintenance. It is low friction. It takes no time for me to go down in the basement and wearing whatever the hell I feel like wearing and bust out a 30-minute workout and then I'm done. Done. So, but you figure out what works for you. Maybe it's a Zumba class. Maybe it's CrossFit. Maybe it's running. Whatever it is, move your body is so critically important. So uh, let me just recap that list that I gave you. Um, So starting again with, you know, eating more fats and proteins, particularly at breakfast. Stay away from carbohydrates at breakfast. I would hope that you'd be mindful about carbohydrates the whole day long, but specifically at breakfast. Um, Eat more veggies and drink more water. Sleep like a boss. Experiment with intermittent fasting. And it doesn't have to be like an eight-hour window. Why don't you start with like a 12-hour window? You know, like have your first meal at eight last meal, eat morning, last meal at 7.30 at night. So you're done eating by eight at night. And that's a 12 hour window. And then just start shrinking it. Have your breakfast a little later, have your dinner a little earlier and play with that window and see if intermittent fasting actually gives you the results that you're looking for. Um, Reduce your carbs. I talked about that already. Uh, Track your calories at the very least, write down your food and move your body. That's number seven. So those are my tools for you guys. If you did all of that, you would be a different person on December 31st, 2020. I guarantee you that. And I can help you with it. So uh, right now, I am for the month of January, I am running a bar-inspired online boot camp. So what that means is uh, the ladies in my group, and this is just for the ladies, uh, it, uh, we all work out five days a week. Um, you can choose to work out more if you want. Uh, but right now, we're working on a bar program. If you don't like bar or if you want to try something different, you are welcome to do one of the 700 workouts that we've got on the platform. Um, But you work out every day and then you check in with me and you have a meal plan and you have either protein and a pre-workout to help you get through your workouts or you have a like a superfood blend that helps you with your nutrition overall. You have a choice between those two and it's a fun way to stay accountable, get back into exercise, get back into sleeping well, get back into eating well and have somebody there to cheer you on and keep you focused. So if that's something you're interested in, head to the fithabit.com and um, you'll find like a little, if, and all, all my contacts, you'll see a little envelope. You can just email me directly or, um, oh my God, just reach out to me on social media. There's a million different ways to get a hold of me. I'm very easy to find and just say, hey, I'm interested in one of your groups and I can send you more info and maybe it's for you, maybe it's not for you, but at least you can take a look and see. Um, so that's basically it, uh, this year I'm looking forward to doing more of those groups. So maybe January is not the month for you, but if you want to do it, maybe in February or March, you're welcome to do that too. Most folks, um, aim to lose between five to seven pounds within four weeks that we work together, which is a very healthy and sustainable goal to reach. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, right now I am, uh, reading, I just want to give you a few book recommendations in case you're looking for something to fill your brain up with good stuff. Um, right now I'm reading Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. Um, I would give that one a seven out of 10, not because it's bad, but because it feels very Captain Obvious. And of course I just did a whole podcast of Captain Obvious tips, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's good. It's good to be reminded, but I don't, I don't know that she's telling me anything I don't already know. Um, another book that I read every January and I highly recommend it. It is my version of the Bible (laughs) and that might have set some of you, but I'm not a religious person, but I am very, um, conscious and mindful of my time. And the best book that I've ever read to keep me in that space is Essentialism 
by Greg McEwen. Fan-freaking-tastic. I have an Audible. I have the, the paperback. I give it out as gifts. It is the most important book that I've ever read. Another book, if you're looking for something to change your life, um, I would recommend the uh, Into the Magic Shop by James Dottie. Um, it is not what you would expect. It has something to do with manifestation, but not really. Um, this guy is a neurosurgeon, so it's not as woo-woo as you might think. Uh, and it was a really eye-opening book for me, and it might be for you too. So I'm going to sign off now because I know I'm droning on. I hope that this has been helpful. Reach out if you have any questions. Come visit me at thefithabit.com. And Happy New Year, guys. I am really looking forward to a great year ahead with all of you to keep you inspired and keep you filled with all the tools you need to live your best life. And uh, I'm going to leave it there. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Fit Habit. I would love, love, love to hear from you. So please, if you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review. Apparently that's helpful. Um, But more importantly, I would love to connect with you. So head on over to Instagram and find me at underscore The Fit Habit. That's my handle. And I would just love to get to know you a little bit better. So reach out to me there, say hi, and thanks again for listening.